0: Welcome to a new episode of Good Morning Camera. And this one's a tricky one because Anthony can't see my face right now. I'm using my hotspot to see him. The internet connection is a little shoddy right now. Uh, So this is going to be either the most exciting episode or you won't be hearing this episode. We'll have to find (laughs) out. Listen, we're not going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about two things, but two big things. I I think it's two big things, Anthony. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I'm seeing a little bit of a shift in the kind of way Canon is kind of announcing and bringing out cameras. I I'm I can't wait to get your take. So whoa whoa give, whoa! Just, just dropping just,
0: the name already. Just, this, let you, you're not even letting me spice it up a little. You're not even letting me get the people a little excited.
1: I just I just want to get into it, Gadget. Give us the oh, intro. Okay
0: okay okay. Look, we're going to talk about a Canon release, a couple of new cameras not one not two Mm -hmm. but two (laughs) Two new cameras (laughs) Um, let's talk about what I think is the most interesting one right now is the Canon EOS R8 this is a brand new camera that they introduced Uh, Anthony how about you give us the specs the rundown of this camera and tell us what it can do
1: Yeah, and this is what I'm thinking, this is what I kind of teased up there is I think this might be a little bit of a shift in the way Canon is kind of releasing cameras, because this is essentially an RP, but with R6 Mark II specs, but they made this somehow like, it's pretty affordable, like it's a pretty inexpensive camera, considering, uh, so here's here's the breakdown okay you got the same battery as the rp so you roughly get about 90 minutes of recording video which is okay but this is a smaller battery just like the rp you got the one sd card slot the viewfinder has been shrunken down it's kind of funny a lot of people were kind of I guess, not really complaining, but just noticing that it is a much smaller viewfinder. And I think that's how they're keeping the price down on this particular camera, but they also got rid of the joystick on this camera and replaced it with this new touch to select subject. So essentially you're using your thumb to select the person in the frame. And if there's uh, multiple people within the frame, the eye autofocus will just latch on to whoever you select here. Uh, in terms of photography, you got six frames per second, 40 frames per second in high speed plus mode, which is this new kind of <laughs> lingo that I guess they're rolling out. So high speed plus mode, this is an electronic shutter, 20 frames per second in a normal high speed mode, but again, in electronic shutter. And Canon is saying that they're, They've got the electronic shutter a little bit, it's, it's been improved, let's just say, because you get some weird like warping kind of weird things happening with electronic shutter sometimes. But on this model, it seems to be pretty con- under control. Let's talk video for a quick sec. It's essentially the same as the R6 Mark II. You got the oversampled 4K, 60 frames per second without a crop, which is great. No IBIS in this camera though. So just based off of those specs, Gajun, I'm curious, is are, are is this is Canon kind of feeling the fire, and are they starting to shift on, you know, on how they're actually releasing cameras? Are they cannibalizing some of these other cameras? What do you think?
0: A cannibalizing is maybe that's the word.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, it. That's it.
0: It's it's fascinating. A full frame twenty four megapixel camera that has a good amount of features that it brings in from some of the bigger cameras that they have in that family, 4K60, no crop. Um, there is no C-Log2. Uh, from what I mm-hmm. g- gathered from here, it's, it's a C-Log3 system. When I was speaking to Canon, it was hinted that it was because of the dynamic range of the sensor that it wouldn't allow for mm-hmm. C-Log2, I think. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I gathered. Um, but yeah. you have some p- pretty serious video fun- uh, like uh, uh, m- monitoring features. So to have false Mm -hmm. color in an entry-level full-frame camera with a robust codec in C-Log3, right? And again, Mm. oversampled 4K, that's that's an interesting shift. That's not something you would get from Canon. It's not something that I would expect from Canon. So when I look at a camera like this, I find it very fascinating. It comes in, again, yeah. I, I believe it's $1,500 US. We can pull up our pricing right now. Anthony, if you don't mind pulling up the pricing for us. Uh, I think it, but I think this, it was
1: two, 2000 Yeah. Was body only. 2000 body only it is.
0: Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, it's quite a competitive solution for a camera that provides all of this. And now I think some people might quickly look at this and then look at a Canon RP and be like, whoa, how, how is this new entry level... And even the Canon R, right? Such a departure in price. But I think when you Mm -hmm. factor in what they're bringing in, how many features you're getting, and let's not ignore the market conditions that there are challenges producing, shipping, and delivering these things. It's a very competitive tool for for creators that are looking for full frame. So I find it interesting. I find it really interesting. I had some brief hands-on time with this. Not nearly enough to really test out the photos, the video and that kind of functionality. But I was very surprised on how how compact the entire solution is. If you're looking for that full frame look and you want something that is just not going to take up too much weight, too much space, even you got to look at this thing. This thing is really impressive.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like that's what's so kind of shocking is like we're getting R6 Mark 2 specs, but obviously there's going to be some compromises. So, I think the viewfinder, I don't know how many people are really going to notice that unless you've played with a lot of cameras like this the the r8 could be like the first maybe full frame camera that you're kind of jumping into and if you've been using like say m50 cameras uh or some of like the previous like maybe rebel cameras and then you're jumping up to an r8 i don't know how much you're gonna really notice that that feature at all really uh you just might think it oh that's that's pretty it looks pretty good just right using uh the, the viewfinder right out the gate here, and. Uh, i'm curious about your your take on this naming system that we got going on because they kind of thrown me for a loop here we got the r8 which is full frame and the r7 which is crop sensor and then a new camera that we're gonna talk to talk to about in a moment here uh that is a double digit uh naming kind of they've named the camera in double digits so that would be crop sensor i'm confused i don't know i thought i thought we were I thought we were kind of figuring out these names, and now we've thrown us for a loop. R8 full frame, R7 crop sensor. Where are we going?
0: How do we, how do we sort this out, Gadget? You know what? I, just, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like who even cares anymore? Who even cares yeah, about these names just, anymore? I feel like I and you you and I care more about these names <laughs> than the brands themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, they're just slapping slapping a, a, a letter and a number and just releasing yeah, yeah. it to the world. <laughs> you know, a camera like this, I think it really is for the, the people that are going to be using the rear display to to capture. I I think that this is a camera that's gonna be geared toward the people that are either doing a lot of video so they are using the rear display or even they're doing photo and they're primarily using the rear display which is a fully rotatable display. Um I I don't I think they just decide to sort of make a compromise of like okay let's just try to see how small can we make this thing what's the smallest we can do and it's a you know that RF mount is a massive mount for a full frame lens. Let's just make it around that and that's where we get this sort of design. Um, if you're looking for a fantastic full frame with a viewfinder, like if you're a viewfinder creator, whether it's photo or video, I don't think this is going to be high on your list. I don't think this is the one that you would consider. But again, like you said, concessions are made to hit a specific price and a specific audience, and I think part of that audience is creating with that LCD. The applications for this is what I find interesting. So, I mean, I'll ask you as well, but for me, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, if you wanted a B or C cam for your wedding kit, If you wanted to really upgrade into full frame and go from something, you know, even maybe your mobile device and you want to find an inexpensive way to get that full frame look, if you are a creator and you want to upgrade your DSLR camera, right? Or, you you know, whether you're a traveler and you want to upgrade that DSLR solution that might be collecting dust, this is one of those cameras that you look at. You look at it and you're like, okay, I can either go a little bit above a thousand bucks and get something that might last me a couple of years or you spend a bit more and you get something that can last you a lot longer and get you the look that you want. I think it really comes down to how important full frame is to your solution because that delta Mm -hmm. in price is not that big, right?
1: Exactly. That's what that's what I was uh, thinking. This would be a great B camera to something a little bit heavier in terms of just like specs and overall like dynamic range. I would think I was thinking like this would be a great uh, like YouTube studio kind of camera if you needed multiple cameras. That's the kind of game that I like to play. Uh, it's better to spread out your budget on multiple cameras than it is to blow your budget on just one. I see customers make this mistake all the time where really what they need is two cameras, uh, but they blow their budget all on the one. So this might be an interesting option for somebody who is looking to get uh, a a main camera and maybe a backup camera. But I also see this as being such a great YouTube studio camera because with these like kind of lower, not lower, but maybe like low to mid tier Canon cameras, the dynamic range is always... it's going to be a weakness, uh, but if you're in a controlled environment, this camera would actually be perfect. And it does charge by USB-C, uh, so you could just plug this into like a, a wall charger or something like that, and uh, you're you're ready to go. So in an environment like that, that that's where I think this camera is going to really shine.
0: So if I have to ask you, you know, give me two or three types of creators that would gravitate most to a camera like this, who would you who would you put in that bucket?
1: I would say uh, the the studio ca- uh, the YouTube studio kind of camera. This would be perfect because it's not like it's not crazy expensive, but it's it's a good price where you're getting good value here. Uh, but then I would also maybe think about like if you're not wanting to spend like R five kind of money and you're trying to get into like the vlogging kind of space. This is perfect because then you're not really going to be using the viewfinder uh, really at all. Like vloggers don't really use the viewfinder at all. So I would say like vlogger and then like YouTube studio camera. I would even consider like podcasters because you're in like a uh, controlled environment. You can get multiple cameras because it's not a terribly expensive camera. And then like those three creators should be definitely looking at something like this. That's what I would be doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I had to add to that, I would say the wedding photographer, you know, it might not... It it could be your first A-cam. It could be your first A-cam if you're just getting into it. You know what I mean? And then later on, it can still be this robust B solution. If you start making real coin... Exactly. You you know, keep this still part of your kit. You've built... You're slowly building out your RF lens solution. And then you can get like an R5 or R6 Mark II later on down the line and, you know, have parity there. I think if you are... A serious portrait photographer, if you're someone that kind of has been experimenting but now you really want to upgrade your solution, maybe you're, you know, it was started as a hobby and now you are you can get some income for it, I think that's a, a person that would find a lot of value in something like this. And Absolutely. it might sound crazy, it might sound crazy, but if you are looking for something that is going to be a streaming solution if you're at home, you're streaming games, uh, maybe you're streaming workshops, whatever it may be. I think mm-hmm. this is a camera. I mean, you're looking at the dual AF focus, right? The the dual pixel autofocus that they use. They're bringing in a lot of their smarts into this thing, right? So if you want a camera that you can just prop up, you don't have to worry about it capturing focus. You want to be able to get great color and just connect it to your computer and feed that to a, a destination. I think this might be something that you consider. And again, with that full frame look, you're going to look really good in that video. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's who I would plug in for a camera like this. But enough about this camera, enough about this camera. There's another camera we got to talk about, right?
1: Mm -hmm. I think we need to give a moment of silence for the Canon M50, because this next camera (laughs) that, (laughs) that we're talking about is the new Canon R50. And I think I, Canon isn't saying that these are replacement cameras for any of their cameras that they've recently talked, uh, brought out. Like so, like the R, the R8 is not a replacement for the RP. That's what they're saying. But this camera, the R50, they're not saying this is a replacement for the M50. But this. Is essentially an M50 with an RF mount on on the on the body, and the specs are essentially the same as like the R10. Uh, it's like the same button layout as the R10. Very small, very compact. It's a crop sensor. It has that small EVF, uh, just like the R8. It's using the LPE17 battery, so very small battery um, as well. So same with the R8. Um, the I think this is made to be like that automatic camera that they've, that they kind of thought the M50, maybe that was going to be an interchangeable lens camera. Maybe we'll expand that M mount. But then what users were doing is buying the M50 and then just not replacing the lens. The lens that came with it was pretty fantastic. And I think this is their RF kind of solution for those customers who might want to invest in some of those other lenses that they were hoping that maybe the m50 users was going to do so uh, in terms of the specs uh, you got like seven frames per second uh, in terms of like the raw, in in raw photo mode. Uh, The buffer does fill up fairly fast. So it's a slower SD card slot, but you do still get 15 frames per second in electronic uh, shutter, which is pretty good. Uh, The video specs are the same as the R10 oversampled 4K, 4K 4K60. This is kind of interesting. They move the micro HDMI uh, port over to the right-hand side. So it kind of interferes with the grip. I thought it was kind of weird, but at the same time, the target market for this camera, probably not going to be using any kind of external monitor. So I don't think that's a big deal. Uh, again, it's just for those users who might want to think about the R50 as maybe a B camera to their bigger camera. But initial thoughts, Gadren, what do you think?
0: This is such a small camera. You know, when I got this, <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was shocked. I was shocked. I'm like, how can you take this? You know, it's designed for full frame, RF mount. It's designed to, Mm -hmm. you know, for you to mount and and adapt any kind of lens you want. And they literally said, okay, if we just had to build something around this and keep it as small as possible, how far can we take it? I'm shocked. Yeah. Anthony, I'm shocked how small this thing is. (laughs) And that's where, like... Like, okay, cool. Let's quickly just go over the specs. I, I don't want to lose my train of thought, but quickly, like, again, 24 megapixels, APS-C sensor. You're getting that Canon autofocus, that phase detect autofocus that they're known for, the smarts, the face detection, eye detection, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you're getting yeah. all of that. You're getting, you know, some powerful video features as well. But but I look at the size of this thing, and, I, and, and, and again, they've announced several EF, EF, oh, sorry, ERFS FS. I'm getting so confused right now with how they're naming things. Can <laughs> Yeah. please, please, I beg of you, I beg of you, <laughs> I beg you, just try to make this easy for us. But essentially, their APS-C line of RF lenses are when you combine a pancake lens with this, all of a sudden it makes you wonder: like, do you really want a GoPro as your like, oh, you know, yeah. very That's small carry-around solution? Because this is about the size of like two and a half GoPros. Okay, when I'm holding it, it is about (laughs) the size of two and a half GoPros. Like you take two GoPros, you put them one on top of each other and then you put one in the front. That's essentially an R50 with a lens attached. But now all of a sudden you're getting a much bigger sensor, much better dynamic range, much better autofocus, a ton of control around it. And I seriously, seriously, I started to wonder, I'm like, Could this be argued that it might be a better solution for more people that want that sort of everyday carry around, don't think about a camera? Like this might be the one.
1: This is, that's so funny that you brought that up because I I have a point written down here because I was saying, I was thinking to myself like, man, if Canon brings out the 11 to 22 M mount lens for RF crop sensor, it like GoPro and like the action camera space it's like almost, it almost is game over because, like, that 11 to 22 M mount lens was such an ex, uh, success on the Cam, Canon M50. And once they bring out something a little bit wider and something that you can still give you some wide angle kind of point of view, but, but even Anthony, when but Anthony, 4K, look, look, I'll, I'll
0: argue, I'll argue something here. They got the RF, uh, the new one they announced, the 16 millimeter f2.8. Which is a tiny lens, comes in at like 350 bucks Canadian. You throw that on this, you're getting the equivalent perspective of around 24, which is plenty wide enough to be, you know, that sort of creator vlogger camera, right? And if you yeah, want but... if you want a powerful zoom, you know, they have those the, the 24 to 105, they have the new zooms that they announced as well. But you throw this 16 on this, and you if you just want something that you pick up and you vlog with. You just go around and you just want to capture things, and you're just capturing footage. You're almost treating it like a documentary. Just capturing, capturing, nonstop. Yeah. A camera like this, it could be argued, might be a better investment than a, a premium GoPro.
1: I think that's an absolutely fair point. Let me throw something else at you, Gajin, that I was thinking about when looking at these, uh, the images of the R50. They removed the badge, From the R50. So on the R8, if you take a look at the camera, it says EOS R8. They removed the badge on the R50, so it doesn't like identify the camera at all. And when I'm looking at images of this camera, it kind of looks like those like stock images that are like where you like remove all the branding of the camera. And to me, it looked super weird online. I don't know if it's just me, but when you actually have the camera I in think your it's hands, just, like...
0: I think it's just you. Is it? You know what? <laughs> Anthony, there's no space, Anthony. They said, <laughs> how small there's can no we space. make it? And they came back. The engineer, I can imagine the engineer in his white lab coat running. Sir, sir, we have to put the badge on this. Like, no, get rid of it. Burn the badge. Yeah, we have no space. It's done. Oh, I, look, look <laughs> so, I, commend, I commend them. For being very aggressive with this, if you look at pictures of this thing, you're right. It almost looks <laughs> fake. It almost looks fake because yeah, it, looks it almost fake. looks like Photoshop. Because the mount, the bottom of the RF mount, goes so close to the base of the camera <laughs> that you feel like it's fake, like it can't be real. Somebody made a Photoshop error. No, that's exactly yeah. how this thing is. So, oh, that's. Listen, funny. we can go on and on <laughs> about this camera. I, 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 I think we're kind of coming to the same consensus here. Is that. If you are that entry level creator and you want to get something like before there was such a such a line of demarcation between Canon's M series of cameras and then they had they still had their EF cameras and then they were just getting into RF cameras and now it's like no we're gonna have one system one family it's the RF family and that's where we're gonna be so you can get something like this you can invest in glass and you know that you know if you get an R50 and you use it, uh-huh. you're getting a quality camera, and if you later decide to go full frame, like, it suddenly doesn't make this obsolete. It suddenly doesn't mi- turn this into a piece of junk, right? This is something you can yeah. pass down, you can sell, or just have as a webcam, as, as a live streaming tool, or an everyday sort of creator camera. Like, you might have something like an R6 Mark II that you use for your wedding shoots, and then you want something that speaks the Canon language, can use the same glass, or even some smaller ga- glass, or even adapt vintage glass and have something that's a little bit cuter, something that's a little nicer, pocketable even, crazy as it might sound, that you could just take every day and doesn't feel like such a a burden to carry around. So I'm excited about it. I think this is going to be a sleeper hit. I think so anyway.
1: Yeah, I... I think we talked about it in, like, I don't know if it was last episode or previous episode. Uh, We were discussing some of the things that I wish Canon kind of came out with. And I'm still missing a little bit of a better dynamic range on these cameras. But overall, like, if you can, like squeeze in those features uh, that you get in some of like the mid-tier kind of Canon cameras in a smaller package and make it more affordable. Kudos to Canon on this one. They do deserve some props. The M50 was such a big success. I do agree. I think the R50 is also going to be a big success as well. I got a killer creator draft pick, uh Gajan. It's I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, Can we yeah, move let's on? let's get Are You know we what?
0: We don't need three topics today. We got we're talking about two <laughs> brand new cameras. That's pretty much three regular topics. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's get into the favorite part of our show, the creator draft pick. Anthony, give it to us.
1: Okay, so I was watching Sarah Dici on YouTube, big tech YouTuber. Uh, she she dives into some deep stuff in terms of tech. So this is one of those videos that I just saw, and I was just like, What the heck is this? She was going over the top it's top has T-O-P-A-Z, Video AI. Uh, It's a software that you can just purchase uh, and it's it's American software. So I'll give you the price. It's $299 US. You could purchase this software. You could insert say like 1080p footage and it's going to spit you out a much more cleaner 4K image using AI. And this is also another topic (laughs) we were discussing on a previous episode. The AI is taking over here. And now with Topaz Video AI, 299 you buy the software once and then you can convert older 1080p footage or even like she converted uh, like a Super 8 video uh, that was shot on on like film. Like a, it was just like a childhood video and she converted that into a 4K image and it actually did a pretty dang good job. Now it's not gonna make it, like if the if the information isn't there then it's not going to turn it into like a beautiful current 4K kind of image, right? So that if the information isn't there, it's not going. It's not going to. It's not a magician, you know. But it can take very like okay-ish 1080p footage and turn it into very nice 4K image. And it does like a little bit of sharpening, does some noise reduction in this stuff, but it does it very very well. And I was like, I was watching the footage before, after, and I'm like, man, this is actually. This is actually sick, and I know a lot of customers uh, who shop at Henry's with us. They're always trying to convert their videos over to, you know, get their video onto some sort of like disc or USB or whatever it may be. This uh, software you could just download; it's like convert that uh, that video file over into a much cleaner looking 4K image. So I think it's pretty cool, and it's something worth mm-hmm. checking out. They do have a, tr- uh, a free trial that you can do too, as well. So. Uh, very interesting. Uh, it's the Topaz Video AI software.
0: I I, I like the sound of it. I, I feel like if you add AI to anything you're selling now, you can add a like 25% margin on this. Uh, but exactly. listen, listen, hey, if it does a good job, I think that's a great price. I think that's a fair price. I think that's a fair price. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, and give it a yeah. try. Give it a try. If it's not yeah. worth it, you don't have to buy it. Listen, that's enough about your pick. Try I got a pick now. I got a pick. I got a yeah. pick. Give me Okay? It. I'm going to give you my pick. Now I gotta preface this. I actually don't have my pick. I actually don't have my pick. Okay. It's something that's not technically available yet. But Anthony, <laughs> you know, I love my bags. I love my bags. I got bags, bags, bags. Bags on I, bags. <laughs> I pre-ordered this guy. Another this camera This guy is bag. the
1: bag queen. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, look, look, man. Oh boy.
0: Clever I can, supply. I can
1: feel. I can feel your wife rolling her eyes
0: uh, I, I, look, listening hey, to you right hey, now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Clever Supply, they made they make a bunch of leather goods, they make straps, uh, primarily straps and wallets and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a company out of uh, Kentucky in the US. Um, mm. they announced their new their first bag, their Clever Supply Camera Sling, appropriately appropriately titled Camera Sling. What I like about this That is, is that it seems to combine all the little things that I wanted from individual bags into now one bag. So while I love uh, uh, the Peak Design Sling, it didn't really have a slot for a tablet or a small laptop. This one now has a slot for an 11 inch tablet that you can throw in. It also has some premium uh, uh, stitching around it. So it's really robust. They also have, a, it's a wax canvas material, but they have a leather padding at the bottom. So it just gives you, I, I think, a nicer look, but also something that doesn't scream camera bag, right? Right away. And also a little bit more protection on your on your bag overall. I don't want to oversell it. It just looks like it could be, Anthony, the perfect sort of, sling type of bag that I've been looking for, right? Something that's in between a satchel and a backpack. That's what I've been searching for all my life. I've been searching for the perfect <laughs> sling, right? I got I got a satchel where if I just want to throw in a battery and some film or whatever it may be, I got a great backpack that I love that I've been using all the time every day. I needed something in yeah. between, and I just couldn't find something. It was either too too camera bag, or it was too much of a you know like just like a regular sling that didn't have the smarts for camera gear. This one has slots for uh, your memory cards. It has a customizable padding that you can adjust it based on the camera solution that you have. I'm very excited about it. Let me preface again, it's not a preface if I'm saying at the end. Let me profus. <laughs> Let me just fuss. <laughs> I don't have this bag yet. However, many people that I trust that have been using it, that have shown me over, over FaceTime, it looks like this is gonna be something that I that I enjoy quite a bit. And if I don't okay, if I don't, stay tuned in a future episode where I rant about yeah, it. But you'll, I, I you'll I hear about gonna, it. <laughs> you'll hear about it. But I, I think I think that's that's my pick. That's my pick, Anthony. Sue me. That's yeah, my pick. I'm,
1: I'm on the the Kickstarter.com right now, looking at it, and it does look very similar to the, the 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 sling from Peak Design. So anything that gets a little bit better looking,
0: I mean, this is right up your alley, Gadget. I I, I, can yeah, totally... I mean, I think I think it's a better looking Peak Design sling with better functionality, and you 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 throw those two things yeah. and sign me up, sign me up. <laughs> and it's even got
1: this little like Wolf logo on it. That's 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 on brand for you.
0: Hey, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, there it is. That's our episode of Good Morning Camera. Thank you so much for listening. Episode 40, Anthony. We made it to episode wow. 40. We're still here. Big 4-0. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you so much. If That's you're not it. already, be sure to leave a review on iTunes. And tell your camera friends about the show. My name's Gadget. His name's Anthony. And we'll see you all next time. See ya.